Queen Tina edition of Spin Cycle, the media show that tries to make sense of the chaos that is our 24-hour news cycle, broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, lands for which sovereignty has never been ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land, paytherent.net.au. I am Jess Lilly in the studio with Crikey's Charlie Lewis this evening. G'day, Charlie. Evening, Jess. How's your week been? Um, I feel like sometimes I sometimes I feel like on this show I say this so often it becomes meaningless. But um, I I think it's been one of the more depressing couples of weeks <laughs> in in Australian media that I've had for a long. But it's, it's the one that that feeling the the most glum and kind of hollowed out. Oh, um, the media week. I, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I'm meaning oh, you personally. Oh, me personally. Oh, me personally. <laughs> like, Jesus, Charlie, don't bring the mood down. We've only just yeah. started. <laughs> uh, no, fine. I went and saw Joe Lysett last night. Terribly oh, funny. funny. Um, funny guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Been doing some exercise. I don't know. How much How much, How much? much information do you, do you need? <laughs> and uh, that's enough. Thank you. Um, uh this evening, uh, we don't have a guest. It's just you and I all the way, baby. So we're going to just meander through a couple of media topics tonight, uh, aren't we, Charlie? I think um, mm. later on we're going to have a little cackle at DeSantis. <laughs> yes, Ron DeSantis. Ron and DeSantis' mm. attempted launch uh, of uh, his bid for um, – his presidential bid, or to represent the Republican Party, I don't, I can't. Don't know yeah, how it he, works was, he was. He was. He was uh, <laughs> announcing his run for the presidency, yes, basically. That's it, yeah. Yes. Um, we will also. I've got a, a a great little piece from Perth now that I, <laughs> says a lot about the Australian media psyche that I'm going to talk am, us through. I'm quite sure that my hometown has done me proud, <laughs> as always. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Charlie. I don't know. I wouldn't hedge your bets, but uh, obviously the biggest. Um, kind of discussion in the media this week and, and probably um, nods to why why you thought it, think it's been a fairly depressing week in the media has been um, Stan Grant's um, stepping away from from any broadcasting roles, um, stepping away from Q&A and just saying he needed to take a break from the media. He had an opinion piece out last Friday saying as much and then Monday night was um, was his kind of wrap-up show and, and that's it for a while. Um, off the back of um, the, you know, a pretty um, wild response to uh, a panel that he was on as part of the ABC's Coronation broadcast a couple of weeks ago and I guess the actual sort of response to that passed me by a little bit Najma and I chatted mm. about it a couple of weeks ago on air, more from a perspective of um, I think Najma was very much like saying, you know, a lot of people just want to tune in and drop out to that sort of stuff. And so, you know, mm. it was more, you know, what role is does a Republican debate have <laughs> yeah, at that yeah, moment yeah, yeah. was more. Um, but because I hadn't seen the broadcast, I wasn't – and I, I, all I saw was that monarchists were up in arms, didn't really yeah. pay much attention. But what's come out, it's been it's been pretty pretty brutal. It has, absolutely, yeah. I suppose – I mean, and – I mean, there's a really – there's, there's a, a sort of separate argument in some ways about, about the kind of – yeah, the timing of, of that um, – of, of, of having that kind of debate during that kind of—I mean, I, I, in a way, I mean, I mean, I'm slightly stealing this from from Sean Kelly, who wrote a piece saying, "But this is a very political act, and you've yeah, got to—you've got it, it actually you're doing your your audience a disservice as a journalist if you talk about it and pretend that it's not." But you're also, pretend- you're not there as otherwise it's just propaganda. If all you're mm. doing is if you can't have bring different perspectives 
yeah, to the absolutely. to the event. Um, and, and, and sort of, if not now, then when? I mean, when yeah. when does it become okay to to have these discussions? Um, I guess the bigger question, though, is obviously that was um, you know a very clear choice the ABC made to put that panel discussion on at that time. Oh yes, oh um, absolutely, and, and when everyone was you know. Um, in their weird, massive robes, wandering into the, <laughs> into the into the abbey or whatever it was. Yes, um, yes. And uh, then uh, you know the 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 blowback. The um, as I think the Guardian reported, there were over a hundred and fifty negative um, pieces uh, in the Australian and Sky News. Alone. Yeah, it's actually, there's an, there's an interesting thing that needs to be clarified there. This is this is um, this is something that. Uh, they actually this is a, a very classic australian move is they did a exclusive story on their front page the other day um re- rebutting that um rebutting that that assertion but they rebutted an assertion that no one had actually made the 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 assertion was that that he had been mentioned that the coronation coverage had been mentioned 150 times across mm. those two platforms in the course of about two weeks. And they said, that's ridiculous. We've only done 15 pieces and, but, and, yeah, well, exactly. 63, and 63 segments, by the way. On, they, they, they copped to that. Um, and yeah, so it's funny. Um, they, we, uh, so so my, my colleague, John, when that figure started being bandied about, sort of went, all right, I'm going to just manually mm. try and total up and see if it's even in the ballpark. And he... He gave up after he got to about 160 and went, it's actually, a, you know, like, if anything, more. that's a very, it's an underestimation. Well, this is the thing as well, because Sky News attempted to rebut it and, you know, um, accused The Guardian of fabrication, essentially. But in their headline, it was like, the the Australian has not made 150 mentions. It's like, well, The Guardian actually included you as well, yeah, Sky. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, very, it's, um, a real sleight of hand there, which I guess is sort of leaping forward a little bit to the point I was going to make later, but which is um, any um, any hope that there might be some self-reflection yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of all of this, you know, is very clearly dashed with, with, the, with those responses. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's all, yeah. I mean, because it's sort of, it's, and I'm, I'm actually not just I'm not singling out News Corp here. I think this is this is this is, an, this is a media wide problem. Is that the thing about these things is that it's the, it's the business model to a degree. It's a, a campaign is self uh, self sustaining to a certain extent. Once you've got enough of it going, then you can report on people's reaction to your coverage. Yeah. Then when as as in this case, when someone like Stan Grant stands down, you can then write a lot of eulogising about what a powerful statement it was about cracking down on social media trolls, which is part of it, but not the whole thing that he said. Well, no, I mean, he very clearly um, said um, as part of his – and it was a very powerful kind of final statement on his – on the show, a QA and a on Monday, he said, I need a break from the media. I feel like I'm part of the problem and I need to ask myself how or if we can do it better. Too often we are the poison in the bloodstream of our society. Um, both, I mean, you know, there's so many kind of levels to this because there's A, the fact that, yeah, the ABC chose to um, put that panel to air during that part of the coronation and, yeah, and surely yeah. must have anticipated some blowback mm-hmm. from their own audience as well as yeah, for sure. you know conservatives um, I'm sure oh, there's I, I, plenty well, of mm. the, uh, plenty of the ABC audience wanted to just sit down and, and watch, watch the, the pageantry watch yeah, the yeah. pageantry um, and the fact that um, 
you know, the blowback became quite personal and pointed at Stan mm. and then he wasn't, you know, he very clearly said that he didn't feel at all supported, that, that, that there was sort of tumbleweed yeah, within yeah. the organisation. They did make a statement after he had mm-hmm. um, published that article on Friday and and have since said that they, you know, had wished they'd, they'd done more to stand up for him. But mm. I guess the thing is, you know, the most... And he even referred to the privilege that he has as, yeah. you know, probably the most high-profile um, Indigenous um, broadcaster in this country mm-hmm. with a, you know, huge amount of accolades and a really long career and a, and a pretty um, solid position in the media. And if it's too much for him, then what does that say for all the other, yes, you yeah. know... Yeah, pe- people who don't have that kind of, that kind of platform. Yeah, and, it's, and it wasn't just that it was like... It, personal invective or nasty stuff it was like you know a, a man was arrested today yeah for making online threats so like stalking so, stan grant so, 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 so pretty pretty serious stuff and as you say i mean I, you know it, it does come down to it. there's uh we've, we've got senate estimates on at the moment which is um uh always a really good process and the the uh, heads of the abc are, are were being being grilled basically today about you know, had you done any kind of proper risk assessment before you put him on that? And, and they, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, you, you don't know exactly the, 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 the details of it, but there didn't seem to be anything formal in place. I think he, I think he, he said, Anderson said that he had called Grant and said, look, this is possibly a risk and, and they went ahead with it anyway. But it doesn't seem that, yeah, but, but, but the, the, the very, it's as clear as day that there's like huge systemic issues in terms of the support that, that, young journalists of colour and particularly Indigenous journalists kind of face. Pretty much every single Indigenous reporter that we've had, um, we've interviewed on this show, also the first iteration iteration of um, this show, one of the co-hosts was Jack Lattimore, is, mm-hmm. um, was Jack Lattimore who's now a journalist at The Age who um, we saw sort of, you know, having not the best run on Insiders a few weeks ago yeah, yeah. and who every single person we've spoken to on this show and also, you know, obviously we put our hands up and just say this is – we have no lived experience of this. We are yeah. merely um, observers but has said that 100% they're not supported. You know, the systems remain the same and they're expected to f- sort of slot in mm-hmm. um, in being one of – being the only, you know – more often than not, the only Indigenous um, reporter or producer or whatever it might be in that particular office, yeah, Yeah. in that particular newsroom. And also a lot has come out, I guess one of the, you know, if there are any positives, you know, it's like a lot of people have been talking about this but it's never probably become this much of a headline before and it has given the opportunity for for many people to um, share their experience. Um, There's a really good piece... um, in The Guardian from a couple of days ago um, <clears throat> by Rihanna Patrick. Um, the headline, like Stan Grant, every Indigenous journalist needs to feel that their workplace will support them properly. And she talks from the perspective of someone, she's Queensland-based, um, who worked at uh, the ABC for, I think, 19 years. Um, and she's also interviewed for The Guardian's um, full story podcast this morning. Definitely mm-hmm. recommend listening to that and reading her piece. So it's it has allowed people to, to speak of their experience. But then, you know, it's so systemic. Like you said, there was um, a report from the Media Diversity Australia, is oh, that yeah, what they're yeah, called? Yeah. Um, 
a couple of few months ago and the lack of representation or was saying that um, across all news organisations, you know, is so vastly off um, actually reflecting the population mm-hmm. makeup of this country, you know, let alone at a leadership level. And they were saying it most, in most, in most broadcasters, you know, there were only, I think, one or two that had Indigenous reputation in news leadership. Right. Um, so it, it's huge. It's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and, and you know, as, as I say, we have to sort of cop to, I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're, my employer, Crikey, is openly bad at this we are we are everyone's sort of everyone's working on it but you know we we haven't we haven't got a, an indig- a regular indigenous voice we've got cont- contributors and stuff but we've always struggled to get kind of any kind of regular um indigenous uh, voices in our publication it's something that you know we are working on and and every but everyone can do a lot better and i think it's like because it's such a it's just more industry everyone's slightly dirtied up by how bad all australian media is at this i mean i mm. think a lot of the I, I don't well, want to go. Just... Into, I don't want. I don't want to get cheap or easy or go into too much detail here. But you definitely did see people tweeting the hashtag. You know, I stand with Stan, who didn't necessarily have like the cleanest hands mm. uh, in reporting on indigenous issues or, or, or you know, race issues in general. Um, or also, when when else have you stood up for a colleague when they've yeah, been targeted? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that seems to have come out a lot with a lot of people who've tweeted about this. Um, first-hand experiences of racism in um, Australian news organisations or, or at the very least being left incredibly unsupported when mm-hmm. they did feel unsafe or they did feel that perhaps, um, you know, they were being treated differently and just been left to, you know, deal with it by themselves. And it's like, well, they had colleagues all around them. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, a lot of them, yeah, are now publicly supporting Stan Grant, but perhaps um, it would be kind of more constructive to start supporting the colleagues that they have currently. Yeah, yeah. Did you say that the, who, someone was um, talking about this in estimates? No. Yes, yes. That, that, uh, that was that, that was. Um, or oh, you mentioned Faruqi before? No. Yeah, that was Marine Faruqi. Was ah, was, yeah. was, okay. was was well was among the senators grilling um, the uh, yeah the heads of the ABC, so David Anderson and, and Justin Stevens, uh, about yeah whether they'd done any kind of assessment of the risk mm. that they were putting. Stan Grant in, and she did, she just said, I, I, I sort of put it to you that maybe you've, you've failed to prepare yourselves for just how bad this was going to get because every one of you is white mm. and you don't have any lived experience of what this is like. You, and, yeah, I don't think they – it's hard to, hard to come up with a flip answer to that one. Yeah. Um, and like we are saying that the um, – yeah, that any sort of chance for introspection seems a little bit slim when all of the discussion – you know, there was an episode of The Drum where the panel was talking about it mm-hmm. and they were sort of fairly quickly shamed for not actually having <laughs> yeah. an Indigenous representative on that panel. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, at the very last minute they um, dialed in Chelsea Watergo, which just seems just like – <laughs> How do you do that? You know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what well, did you not have? Yeah, did you not have a few phone numbers? You're the drum. You have. Yeah. Uh, um, it actually reminds me of when when Ben Abitangeli was in talking to us a few weeks ago. Um, he was sort of more talking about you know the media and the voice, but he was mm-hmm. talking more generally as well about his own experiences <laughs> with the media and talking. And he did say it, it's always violent. You know that mm-hmm. that was the terminology used. But then. You know, we were talking about a um, a podcast or a radio show he did with um, Chelsea Wattago, and they talked about black refusal. And I think yeah, you know yeah. it was really interesting. I was it's I felt so 
you know, lucky to have that context of, of that hearing that conversation when I read Stan's piece and saw mm. his address, you know, on Monday because it just adds that sort of dimension of power to it really of just sort of saying, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Like you don't have my back and yeah, you put yeah. me in that situation yeah. and like why? Why would I keep going sort of yeah, for yeah. you kind of thing? Yeah. It's really powerful. Um, I wonder how long it took for Kevin Rudd to call him <laughs> <laughs> on his anti-Murdoch crusade. <laughs> Three Triple R FM. So I'm going to uh, draw your attention to your uh, fair city, your fair yes, town. Yes. Um, this was an article that appeared in Perth Now yesterday, and the headline: There's some very glossy pictures of this um, blonde woman. She's got a full face of makeup. She's obviously had her hair done for the photo shoot. There are multiple photos of her, and the headline is: Radio host Erin Molan ghosted by Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. And I just need to read some of this to you <laughs> to get the full. I just can't explain it better than than the, the actual copy. So, radio host and TV presenter Erin Molan says she feels like a stalker as she tries to win back Prime Minister Anthony Albanese's friendship after the pair fell out over a column she wrote. Fell out doing a lot of heavy lifting there, (laughs) as you'll see in a moment. The media personality and daughter of late Liberal Senator Jim Molan, I think personality doing media personality doing a lot of heavy lifting as well but I digress, um, revealed her relationship with the PM seemed to have fizzled out since her Daily Telegraph column titled, Trust Me Albo It's Over, I'm Breaking Up With You was published in March. She believes the PM is now Ghosting her. And if I scroll down past an enormous image that takes up half the column of her wistfully looking off the, in the distance while sitting on a massive tree, <laughs> she sa- it says, Molan says she sent the PM a video message and never heard back. Then she sent a photo of her computer screen which showed where she had written something complimentary about him. And once again, no dice. A photo of a computer screen. Like, is it before the article's even been published? <laughs> she just written something like, I miss you, Albo. <laughs> um, she went on to send him another article and still received no reply. When she sent him a clip in which she defends him publicly, it was met with silence. Molan eventually sent the t- PM a text saying, I feel like a stalker. Albanese has still not replied. Uh, can I just ask you, Tuck, <laughs> have you ever in your life come... Like, this is insanity. When I, And I have to say a huge thanks to Adam Christie for forwarding this to me because um, I wouldn't have seen it had he not shared it. But I just feel like, what, what, are you, what is going on here? Like, this, it's just a journalist is trying to get a, a, an interview or, or a conversation with the Prime Minister and, and he's not responding. Surely that happens all the time. Like, yeah. how is this... What is happening? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a funny one. It's that sort of... Is this Perth? Is this... <laughs> well, uh, well, I don't no, know. I don't it's know. funny. It's funny. Um, it's a, it's a thing with like, this is slightly what happens when you have a really small media um, media market and one newspaper and mm. uh, like so there's a bit of a sense of like I I always feel a little bit of a sting just because I'm like oh that's just that's just the product of, of what we've got of what's left over kind of um, do you mean Western Australia yeah yeah it's it's so so little. Um, so it's a high density of mm. of, of, of kind of of, of serious um, journalism there. Um, I, I actually I just wanted to just reassure you because um, <laughs> I have had a quick look, and it's uh, there has been a follow up to this story. No, this was just yesterday. 
Well, today, this, oh, this journalist no. doesn't let these things just lie. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't just, Harriet Flynn does not just put out this piece. Again, self-reflection self <laughs> in the media that when you had that thought, I feel like a stalker, do, mm. just go with that for a moment. <laughs> yeah, Take yeah. it to its natural conclusion. Um, but I, 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 can, I can reassure you that Erin uh, Mullen has publicly stated that her long-running friendship... Oh, no, after she stated that her long-running friendship with yeah. Prime Minister Alfani Awisi is over, all was, was re uh, resolved on live radio. He called in live to join Mullen on Today FM's Husey Ed, and Erin to resolve the tension surrounding a recent column written by Mullen in the Daily Telegraph. Um, uh, oh, how embarrassing. Why did you do that, Albanese? Silence was golden in this situation. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, I think going back to sort of the original piece, there is something that is so... Um, uh, like there's something kind of weirdly revealing about this weird little piece where it's like the, just the, 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 the all the clauses in the sentence where it's like TV presenter and Liberal Party senator daughter Erin mm. Mullen is just like apparently like entitled to Anthony Albany's time and, and the fact that there's like a it's, it's posited as a friendship and not I know that after um, the pair fell out no he, uh, you just wrote a piece and the, and the Prime Minister didn't respond to it I don't know how that's a falling out yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And it's like, why is she writing political commentary anyway? I'm not like fair, uh, fair. Like, 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 that's just not. Um, from what I understand, it that's not what what her role in in public mm. life is. I mean, it, the, the other thing that kind of came to my mind, and I suppose it's, it's a bit tangential, maybe a little bit gratuitous to bring it up, but it's like the most recent thing that I saw of Erin Mullen was uh, her. Resolving her defamation claim against the Daily Mail. Oh, um, yeah. For, uh, well. I can't even say what she yeah, said. Yeah, it was basically, so bad. Basically, for depicting her as a racist because of, uh, allegedly depicting her as a racist because of what, um, her, basically, she, she, she comically mangled uh, the, the surname of a um, Pacific Islander rugby player. Intentionally, on, on I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, there's, not, there's, no, there's no way to read it as anything other than. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Basically, m making fun of of a surname, of a name. Yes, uh, she was initially awarded one hundred fifty thousand dollars from the Daily Mail. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> and, uh, but the, there, was an, there was an appeal, and basically they kind of just yeah. came to a, a settlement. The, um, uh, uh, the appeals tribunal mm. came to the correct conclusion that um, that that hundred and fifty thousand dollars was erroneously awarded. Mm. Um, but you know, anyway, I think the other point to make is that um, Aaron he had no time to respond to your calls because he was too busy going to Kyle Sandyland's <laughs> wedding and having chats with Piers Morgan. I mean, what is it, you know the relationship between politician and celebrity yeah. in this country is kind of a little bit peculiar, anyway. Absolutely, it's a, it's a it's a strange one. I mean, I think like going back, and that 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 obviously happened sort of as as April turned into May, so it's a couple of weeks ago now. But it, and, and I think I was away then. I was I really wanted to talk about this. <laughs> I was the just show. before he went to the coronation. It, it was, it was, yeah. Um, it was it was that strange thing where he kind of had one of those weekends where. He just didn't put a single foot right in terms mm. of tone or or presentation or communication. So yeah, he he confirms that he's going to go to uh, the the you know, million dollar wedding of of Carl Sandlin's, who's you know got his own issues. Um, 
I mean, what's your what's your favourite awful thing that Kyle Sandlin's has done? It's very hard to yeah. choose one, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. It's uh yeah. It's like picking a favourite Beatles song. <laughs> um, uh, and he kind of did the kind of uh, people were like, why are you going to this and why are you why are you because it's also like you know. A, a convicted drug smuggler and uh, you know various like slightly slightly um, notorious in quotation marks figures there and he's like well I don't decide who gets invited to these things and I think he's a great success story I love kind of. weddings I, I, weddings lo- I, I love weddings and like and again it's like well you know by it, it's quite simple really what's going on there he's Carl Sandland is frequently one of the most listened to people in the country mm. and you want to be on good terms with him um, that's why they always that's why every prime minister will phone in or go on commercial radio especially in the lead up to elections and things and you see you know bill shorten <laughs> rapping do you remember that no oh, okay we'll have, to, we'll have to we'll have to pull up that footage at some point uh he does a creditable enough job but you know it's still well you know loves the tune doesn't he bill he loves his <laughs> djing yeah. um and oh no that's not uh, bill that's, that's albanese, albanese. That's albanese. Yeah, he was he was asked also being hammered with that so much yeah. i'm i can't believe i got the wrong one um or you know chris mins playing acdc i think on on carl sandlin's show as well like you just sort of it's part of the thing i think you know it, it also Albanese's obsession with with celebrity, or, or well, I don't even really call it an obsession, his, his, his entanglement with it mm. um, is is very is very different to say Scott Morrison. So I think that was something that came up this week that really amused me was the the news that Tina Arena had quit her job <laughs> uh, on the Australia Council. So. Um, and that was a captain's pick because he it was he it, loved he's a fan wasn't he he was a huge fan so it was it was, it was reported at the time and you, you, it's one of those great reports where you know exactly where it's come from mm. um, where during he's just beaten out Julie Bishop and Peter Dutton for to replace Malcolm Turnbull as prime minister in, in August September 2018 um, he. Has his first full party meeting as leader, kind of rouses the troops, says what his his sort of plan is and how he's going to gave everyone a pin, he gave everyone their their, their Australian, <laughs> their Australian flag, Australian pin. flag pin. Uh, and then he he calls Bishop aside and's like, can I took everyone's you know gave everyone a pin and and took everyone's ministry, L- laid hands upon them and, and prayed for them. <laughs> yeah, um, and then he calls Bishop aside at the end of it, and this may not be exactly how it happened, but it's how it was reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, can I can I get your help with something? And she's like, well. What what part of my my twenty five years in public life would you like to call upon? It's like, have you got Tina Arena's phone number? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the show, and I'd really like to let her know that I'm going to be there. Oh, God. Um, so quite soon after that, uh, yeah, he 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 um, he appoints her to the Australia Council, the kind of arts funding body for the Australia for Australia, and. Um, so it was kind of like it's kind of like the, it's it's almost like the most and because obviously the other thing about the Morrison government in particular was now this is 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 that they were very very bad with stacking bodies with kind of friends and political yes. allies and former former staffers and things like that. That that that's that something that both parties do 100% but it accelerated under 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 Morrison. And it government. it went beyond just the regular kind it, of It was it became you know there's the kind of corrupting the bureaucracy. Yeah, like the fair work was like was something like 20 mm. consecutive employer friendly um and the the Australian administrative tri- uh, sorry, the Australian Administrative Tribunal um, was just completely riven with and that, and that had been happening since before um, Morrison, anyway. But uh, I digress. <laughs> the point is, I think this was the most um, most Morrison appointment of them all because it was, and it was sort of one of the first things he kind of set in motion from the sounds of things. Um, 
is this this yeah anyway so he's, a, he's an ad guy he's a former child star and he like loves his celebs so he got he's Tina a former Reed. child star yeah, yeah he was, he was, well child, child actor maybe child star is, is overstating it but he was an actor as a kid yeah um Gosh, I just learned a new fact. <laughs> um, so she, it, it didn't turn out to be a great appointment, as it turns out. She, She'd never went. She, 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 she turned up to, to less than half the, the meetings that were held by the council uh, to which she'd been appointed. Um, and she, she quit citing other work commitments. And it was by a wonderful um, quirk of fate, this is happening at the same time that she'd been on the, the French version of The Masked Singer, <laughs> where she was playing a carnivorous flower. <laughs> And I watched it, and to me there is nothing, there's something genuinely very deeply beautiful about watching foreign television with no context and no subtitles, because there's the, there's the build-up and there's all these shots of the different, um, different judges being like, who is this, in, you know, but in French, and they're pulling off the mask, and then it cuts to a guy, one of the hosts just has a, a ventriloquist monkey <laughs> puppet, and it's like, those French, I love it. Um well, you know, I think that in in Tina's defence, the thirty thousand dollars that the stipend that the Australia Council yeah. paid was probably a little bit less than, than what she's used to. Yeah. France's well, the masked singer. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, God. I mean, remember, like you know, if we want to talk about that kind of thing, he also uh, appointed Scott Cam as oh, the national right. careers of ambassador. Course. And people were like, "How much are you paying this guy?" And Cam was like, "It's only your damn business when I'm being paid. It's, like, it's it's public money, so yes, it is." But like, so he was appointed in, I think, around the same time as um, maybe slightly after, uh, just before COVID kicked in. That's right. It was like October 2019. He got he got appointed. There was another singer as well that Morrison um, hoodwinked to um, present. Guy his, Sebastian. That's Guy right. Sebastian, the arts sort of, buyback or the arts mm. save the arts package mm. that never of funding that never never ended up coming. And, and um, just to, but just to finish on the Scott Cam thing, he was being paid three hundred and forty seven thousand dollars for that fifteen Which is month sub- substantial a substantial amount. And again, th- never really was very clear what was being produced for that. He produced some some some. He did a, he did a, a, an, a, an event, a single event, and then did some social media posts and a few things like that. It's shocking. And then by April, COVID hits, and obviously that just the optics of that are just too horrific. So they announce he's going to give up the remainder of his salary, but he still made like 175 grand out of that. So, <laughs> so but I mean, what I'm saying is that I think you know Tina Arena is is lower on the larger <laughs> largest scale for her. <laughs> that Erin um, Molan. Back to Erin. Oh yeah. Um, she's well. She's worked it out now. It's all fine. Oh. Well, you said. Oh, right. Sorry. Called I thought, into I thought, the radio thought, station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, yeah, she was she was upset because uh, the sub editors put a meaner headline on it than she intended. So. Oh, God. Um, I, it almost comes back to, I think we've probably exhausted this subject, so just one final word. But it does come back to what, you, you know, saying before about the news, a lot of the news cycle now is just they don't even bother with uh, actual news. They're just creating it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creating yeah. it themselves, it, it and that's back. what this is. It's just self-sustaining Yeah, Yeah, rubbish. It, yeah, for sure. And, again, it comes down to a question of, of resources and things like that. There's actually a bit um, – to go back to the Joe Lysett thing that I watched, that I went to last night, there was – you know how he does a lot of kind of like um, uh, sort of pranks and uh, kind of – hoodwinks people one of the things oh the emails yeah like the trails of emails and stuff so he he he, in at one point in the story he kind of plants a a a press release that he's done pretending to be someone else 
in like the local Birmingham Live kind of newspaper, and and they publish it, and they, that got a laugh, and like I just couldn't laugh at that bit because I was like, no, it's really sad that local papers and local news sources can't afford to properly fact check these things, and they end up getting they can be hoodwinked so easily by a by a very high profile comedian. But <laughs> oh, poor Charlie couldn't even enjoy the comedy. I couldn't even couldn't even switch off for one night. <laughs> Triple R on FM, digital, online, on demand, podcasts, and via the app. So uh, just in our last few minutes, if we uh, sort of cast our gaze across uh, – across, I always say across the pond. I don't know. Is it a pond? How, what's the – across the Atlantic? Well, what ocean do we get? <laughs> <Which>, my geography <laughs> is not great. Which sea, which ocean are we crossing to get to America? <laughs> I think it's across the pond from Britain. Right. That, I think that was, that's where that came big from. Pond, big pond, big pond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway, we're going there. Um uh, Ron, Ron DeSantis, you know, finally th- threw his hat in the ring <clears throat> to um, challenge, you know, Trump as a presidential nominee. And he thought he'd um, do something groovy, just a bit cool, a bit contemporary, a little <laughs> bit progressive, which doesn't align at all with his values. But anyway, and he thought he'd launch on Twitter and it was hilarious. It was <laughs> I've, I've listened back to um, a little bit of it and I was just in stitches listening to this. For a start, there was just like eight minutes of silence <laughs> and fumble, occasional – like it was supposed to be Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk and um, – Who's the other David guy? Sachs, I believe. The, yeah, David the Sachs. The other yeah, CEO of Twitter, yes. And um, for, at first they couldn't actually – you couldn't hear anyone. Um, <laughs> and then it just kept glitching. I think you could hear them for maybe a minute and then it cut out, it cut out again for another 20 minutes. Um, and then finally, you know, they got – there was a little bit of <laughs> DeSantis <laughs> talk, but it just kept glitching. And I love the fact that they were trying to say um, – they were trying to spin it that um, – the reason it was so glitchy and and so many technical you know stuff ups was because there was just too many people in the yeah yeah DeSantis had broken the internet yeah yeah in a Twitter space <laughs> and I, this is why you just I can never quit Twitter because automatically <laughs> within seconds there was tweet after tweet after tweet with examples of like the, I think they had a hundred thousand people in the Twitter space or something yeah, trying I think, to I think trying to initi- listen initially it was like six hundred thousand which is it's. Uh, not no, it's not nothing, obviously, but and, but that maxed out their servers and they had to click, cut the whole thing out. But even yeah. um, when there were a hundred thousand in there, um, David Sachs was um, saying that it was the largest group that has ever met online. <laughs> Straight away, you know, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez says, "No, we had more people um, joining in when I played Among Us on <laughs> um, Twitch." Then um, someone reminded everyone of the glorious um, time in 2016 when um, BuzzFeed reporters live streamed themselves trying to explain a explode a watermelon with rubber bands. <laughs> I just said that hit 820,000, <laughs> um, and there was just example after example after example of just how ludicrous it was. Um, uh, I mean, what do you make of it? Well, it's a funny. I mean, there's, there's a lot that's sort of interesting about about this because the, the the whole thing with DeSantis is that he sort of positions himself as like this is the, this is like his aides are saying this. He's Trump with a brain, so he has like all those mega preoccupations, but he's actually a very smart and diligent and hardworking, organized kind of guy, which is kind of a terrifying thought in some ways. But he's also it's also the, uh, people don't like it when you say that he doesn't have Trump's charisma, but <laughs> 
But I think we know what we mean when we say charisma. There is there is something repellently <laughs> charismatic about Trump, mm. whereas um, DeSantis is quite is quite um, one of the one of the comments that I thought was really good. The 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 Atlantic was sort of talking about the thing that really baffles me is who thought it was a good idea to have the launch be. Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, two of the most socially awkward people in the world, talk to one another on an audio-only platform. Um, and so I think that's the thing is that, like, so he's obviously trying to gun for uh, the Trump supporters that are still on Twitter who haven't left since Trump did. Um, and Just and so it's such a small this, audience. This strange you know? terminally. But I, I suppose that's that's where it's all going to turn, really, is that he he's the, the most likely of all the other Republicans it's between him and Trump at this point, people are arguing. Well, I don't know. I mean, because um, obviously, you know, DeSantis now has an incredibly, you know, evil, anti-progressive track record in Florida. Mm. Um, just absolutely, you know, spine-curdlingly abhorrent stuff going on in Florida. And it's um, a lot of the things that I'm, I've am i read uh, are just saying that he's very quickly... Uh, lost a lot of the, well, yeah. the support that he had because he's just gone too far, he's you know. It's like this idea of Trump with a brain. It's actually sort of, you know, there's just a, um, cl- you know, it, it's more like sociopathy. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like it. <laughs> not, we're not alleging any... I didn't <laughs> say he's a sociopath, Charlie. I, but, I mean, it's... it's, it's yeah, I, I, I took that online defamation course. It's, it's very, very... It does show you what an absolute... Um, I mean, his big fight with Disney about... Um, mm the don't say gay bill and their their opposition to it and now he's trying to wrest control of over some of the land that they own he's threatening to hit them with specific taxes and specific tolls and more anti-voting laws yeah and, and i mean obviously there's all of the horrendous um, amends to education um, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah anti-trans legislation but but like the the, the 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 sort of stuff of like real horrible social conservative appealing to the worst nature of people that stuff you kind of go oh well you know any Republican president might have done something like that. Mm. Try and imagine in 20, 2008 that that would be your platform as the like big guy who's going to take on Trump is I'm going to interfere with business and their right to free speech. A big <laughs> employer in the state and I'm going to shut them down yeah. over their views. Uh, yeah. Well, let's see what will happen. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Nadge Samble, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via on demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this. <laughs> 